listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Today, we're focusing in on communion. And uh, I love the fact that I was never called to do life on my own. Even on the stage today here in Central, surrounded by people that are there when I feel like I can't do what I'm meant to do. But more than that, that I've got a God that understands every part of who I am. It's an amazing thing. People come into church and maybe you're here today and you feel for yourself, you're a million miles from Him. I think it's true that often we remind ourselves and the enemy jumps in on the party to remind us that we are far from what we ought to be. But when I discovered that I'll always be that way, but I have a Saviour who died for me, that Calvary still stands and still speaks. And today I have just, uh, in fact, at the beginning of the year, I said to the team, I said, you know, we have communion once a month, but let's at least four times this year have a special focus on Sunday where we come back to what matters most. And uh, as I said, wherever you are, whatever campus, whatever service online, God wants us to understand. In fact, I went to the dictionary as I was preparing and looked up the word communion and it says, where the bread and the wine are consecrated and shared. In other words, it's about a bigger picture than me. And it's the sharing and the exchanging of intimate things. In other words, communion is where God says, hey, I want to get real with you. And I'd love it if you would be real with me. And I think sometimes we can come into the religion of church. Many of us are brought up with a understanding of God, but God says, no, communion is where everything changes. It's where this exchange takes place. We're in a year where there is no doubt that God has spoken to us as a church about stepping into overcoming. And even that thought alone means that we haven't arrived. There's something more to overcome. God wants to lead us on a journey where we don't just repeat the patterns of our past, but God is able to take each one of us into a new level of living. And so many times I've reflected on the scripture in Revelation 12 and verse 10, which says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, right now, this is at the end of time, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ has fully come. There is coming a day where the enemy has no more hold. Come on, I want you to get excited that there is a day where temptation ceases to exist. There is a day where the power of the enemy that is at work in our lives no longer has sway. And it talks about the accuser of the brethren. In other words, every day, I I didn't realise this for years, but every day the enemy stands before God saying, look at Paul, he's less than. He's not able, look at his failure, look at the things that he should be doing, he's not doing. And he points that finger of accusation. And what happens in my own heart for years, because I didn't understand it, then I felt condemnation. Because if I was honest, I knew what was right, but I wasn't always doing what was right. And I didn't understand that in the heavenly realms, the accuser was bringing my case before God and saying, hey, but this is what... Revelation says, there comes a day where the accuser of the brethren who accused us before God night and day is cast down. And then this incredible verse in verse 
11. They overcame. I overcome the accuser. I overcome the condemnation that I feel. How? By the blood of the Lamb. This is not a small thing when we have communion. It's, it's Jesus saying, come back to realise the strength of your life is not your success, your ability, but the blood of the Lamb. Not only the blood of the Lamb, but the word of your testimony. As you begin to proclaim what God has done in your life, and then also that we don't love our lives to death. In other words, we don't just live for self. And that's the challenge sometimes in our lives that we often get distracted and we drift and we move away from the bottom line of what God wants us to really center our lives on. So Paul speaks or he writes to the church in Corinth. And this is what he writes to them, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. He says, the things that I receive from the Lord, I want to make available. I want to deliver to you. I think if you understand the passage, you'll understand that Paul was saying, this is not just another message Sunday. I want to get to your heart. I want to get beyond your challenges. I want to get beyond your past. I I want to bring something straight to you because if you got this insight into God's heart, your life would radically change. In fact, the Lord Jesus, on the same night, that he was betrayed, he took bread and he had given thanks. He broke it and he said, would you take, eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. And would you do this in remembrance of me? Not of you, but of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And I want you to do this as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. It becomes your testimony till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, an unthankful, it's like just a random, I just do this for the sake of doing it, will be guilty also of the body and the blood of the Lord. In fact, let each person examine themselves. So let them eat the bread and drink the cup for he who drinks or eats the bread in an unworthy manner drinks judgment to himself. Note this pretty strong words. They're not discerning the Lord's body. And because of this, many of you are weak. Many of you are sick and some of you die before your time. Because you haven't, come on, in a worthy way, celebrated the power of what Jesus did for you. And so I looked at that and I thought, I want something fresh, Holy Spirit. I I want today to be about, we've many times read this around communion, but let it be something fresh. These are a couple of thoughts that I felt that God gave me for all of us. And again, online, every campus. This is something I want you to take to heart. Verse 23, the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. As I began to meditate on that and think about that, I thought, I'm not sure when I'm feeling betrayed that I'm going to lift anything for anyone else. See, I think sometimes we can come into church and sing the songs. But in the depth of our heart, 
we feel like we've been betrayed. We feel like things have happened that shouldn't have happened. And so we come to God going, God, well, where are you in this? I, I often reflect when Marie in the early years began to share with me how as a little girl, her innocence was taken. As a 10-year-old, waking up to the reality that her dad had died, even though she had a faith in God, it was like one thing led to the other. And it's kind of like, well, what's the point of going on? I've been betrayed. My life hasn't taken the course that a normal life should take. And what do I do? And how do I do that? And to see the way that today she lives such a selfless life and just is there to break bread for others. And I I kind of feel like God is taking us as a church on a journey. And this thought of while he was betrayed, he broke bread for others. Felt like the Holy Spirit just say, communion is a choice where forgiveness releases freedom. Yeah, but I I don't feel like forgiving the things that happened to me. I, I don't feel like really doing what I think God wants me to do because betrayal damages trust. But it's like Jesus, everybody had betrayed him. Judas, one of the disciples, had kissed him. Not with a normal kiss, but a kiss of betrayal. Ever felt like someone that's really close to you just robbed your soul? Those that you gave the most to just walked away. You went through things that it's not fair that you had to go through those things. It's like, well, God, even you have betrayed me. What I've discovered is a wounded body heals over time. But a wounded soul, if allowed, can carry pain for a lifetime. And communion is about coming back to this place where in our betrayal, we make a choice of forgiveness. We offer bread for our enemies. Those that we feel not close to. Betrayal often is when you feel sold out by someone. Someone's been dishonest and yet you got the rap. I was reminded in Europe, we've just been there three weeks ministering in uh, Holland in a number of places and then also in Paris. Such a hunger in Europe. But in uh, 2014, I went over it. There was an emergency in a church. It was a fairly young church, but it was breaking all records in Holland. It was on the front page of all the newspapers. And uh, I knew the pastor and met him or them at conferences. And then there was this major church split. He had a group within the church that had come from a legalistic background and wanted it to go their way. And so they found the names or the email addresses of everyone in the church, sent a letter, sent a whole lot of lies about the pastor. He didn't know where to turn. And so I thought, because I knew him, had a bit of church experience, I'd step in. And I went three times, flew to Holland in 2014. Led to this major point where a decision had to be made. We called all the church together to bring clarity. In that room, about 50% of the people were sneering at me when I tried to speak. And I said, hey, this is going to be an environment that's godly. So we're going to be honest. We're going to have communication. But let's do it in a civilized manner. Well, people stood up, screamed at me, who are you? And what right have you got to speak into our country? And I said, I'm only here by invitation of the pastor, but we're going to deal with some stuff, but let's do it in an honoring way. I, I'll never forget this six foot five Dutch fisherman standing to his feet and yelling at me. 
and just saying, you've got no idea, you've got no credibility, we'll do it our way. And for the next five minutes, I had tears running down my face. I didn't say a word as he just screamed, ranted and raved. I'd never been confronted with a religious spirit like that. Typical fisherman. In fact, speaking about fishing, we had the New Zealand Lure Masters Championship yesterday. And my son and another man put this new competition on 30, 350 anglers. I got the biggest snapper. I just need that on the screen right now. Forty knot winds, boat filling with water. I just wanted to be like the disciples. You say, what's that got to do with the community? Nothing. I just thought we needed to. F- you can get rid of that now. The point I want to make is: ever felt like you've been betrayed? And Jesus set the example. Come on, break bread for someone else. Bring forgiveness to release freedom. Jesus hung between two thieves. He didn't have any deserving argument as to why to hang on a cross except the Father's plan for our sin. And what did He say? Father, forgive them. That's what communion brings you to. You're able to give bread to your enemies. Freedom comes to you and to them. A year later, 2015, I was back in Holland helping the church again. And I've been there again this last trip and it's just flying. 2015, we were walking through the fruit markets and I heard this loud booming Dutchman. And I said to the pastor, that's the guy that was standing up screaming, made me cry. He said, yeah, that's the guy. I said, stay here. I'm going to go and say hello. He shook his head. And I walked over and I just said, hey, in Dutch, I just said, hey, great to see you. Are you doing okay? You should have seen his face. After about five minutes, he began to talk and had a bit of a conversation. I have no right, come on, to take the head off a betrayer. We've got to break bread. And once we get to that point, freedom is everywhere. And maybe today you are online, you're in one of our campuses, you're in the acoustic service, come on. And maybe there's still stuff in your heart that you're allowing to be the echo of your life. Communion asks us to lay it down, to move on, to not allow ourselves to get stuck there. In verse 24, he, when he had given thanks, he said, this is my body which was broken for you. I looked at that and I thought, well, communion is also a place where pain commits to praise. I don't feel like giving thanks when I've been betrayed. But he said, this is my body, my pain. Come on, I'm going to lift praise for you. And that sense of praise and today There would be no doubt some of us are in a dark season. Maybe it's been a long, long season. And the pain that we're in has kind of shocked us that we would ever be there. But the challenge for us is that communion says, come on, it's time in the painful times to commit to a higher level of living. If Jesus could give thanks, thank you, God, for all I'm about to go through. Thank you, God, for all that have let me down. Thank you, God 
that even in the midst of this darkness where I'm not sure I can even walk through the garden of Gethsemane, thank you that I can still praise you, that I'm gonna commit to praise you. Psalm 63 and verse one powerfully says, Oh God, you are my God. So early before the pain gets up and shows itself, will I seek you? Because my soul, it's in a drought. I feel like I know there's a God, but I don't feel the moisture of that. My soul, it thirsts for you. My flesh, man, it longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. Because again, I'm not able to live the life that I know you want me to live. Then again, verse two, so I've looked for you. Where? In the sanctuary. I'm looking to see your power and your glory. Why? Because your loving kindness is better than life. So my lips, you will, you shall. You have no choice, but you will praise the Lord. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my heavy laden arms in your name. I wonder if today as we have communion together, God's asking us to begin to praise again. Thank you, God, even for my pain. Thank you for the injustices. Thank you for the blind spots that I never expected. That God, you're gonna use even the saddest things in my life. In fact, my life is no longer about me. That's what Jesus was saying. If I process my pain, it's gonna birth hope in others. Whereas if the enemy can allow us to get tangled up in the pain of our past or the pain of our present, then we're never going to break through. We read scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, where Paul again writes, Do you not know that your body, this world, this body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, but you are not your own. You were brought with a price, therefore glorify your God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. In other words, it's kind of like when the natural stuff is just not working and there's pain everywhere. Communion reminds us it's a place where we commit to praise. Come on, we're going to praise down pain. You go, well, I don't feel like it will stay where you are. And that might sound harsh, but I'm talking to you as a father. You get to choose whether you're going to praise because he went through pain so that we could find the victory. Doesn't mean we don't go through pain, but it means victory is assured if we lift a spirit of thankfulness. Paul and Silas in prison, what do they do? They sang louder than the sound of chains. Barren, oh barren woman, Isaiah says. Come on, sing. Cry aloud. Lift up a praise, a sound of heaven. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20. Message Bible. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feelings of hitting rock bottom. But there's one thing I remember and remembering, I get to grip hope. God's loyal love has never run out. His merciful love could never dry up. They created, uh, they created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. 
I look at that and I think, God, you're amazing. You see, because verse 24 says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And here's the third thought. The communion is a time where reflection strengthens faith. I got to say, as a pastor, there are many times I go, I don't know how this is going to happen. <laughs> I know you're feeling depressed right now, church, but you've got a leader that goes, how will this ever happen? What's my key is coming back to communion that says, I'm going to reflect on what God has done in his faithfulness. And by that, my faith is strengthened. Coming through Auckland Airport some 26 plus years ago with Marie, our three boys under five, no guarantee of a salary, no promise of anybody that would come. God, we've got hardly any money. But when we look back, you've been faithful. 26 years on, we're making bigger steps than ever. Many times I feel still the same, just to encourage you. But when I look back, God is faithful. And you might go, yeah, but I don't see his faithfulness. The fact you've got air to breathe. Come on, even in the rain, the fact the sun is still up there. The fact that the earth is still spinning. Come on, you have life. And as you look back, I think it's a healthy thing for us to begin to write down what God has done for us. A time of reflection strengthens faith. And then verse 28. This is what the Bible says. It says, but let a man examine himself. Let a woman, let every one of us online, every campus, every service, examine ourselves so that we eat the bread and drink the cup. As I began to contemplate this, for me it spoke about communion as an environment where transparency releases. See, God knows us and the enemy uses condemnation to cause us to withdraw. Whereas communion reminds us that God already sees everything about us. And he says, the challenge is not the stuff, but it's the stuff that you're concealing. And today as we come to have communion, and in a moment I'm going to ask the teams to join each campus because we're going to have a song of reflection. And in fact, I'm going to ask the host to hand out the communion emblems right now. Don't take them, just hold on to them. You'll be instructed when we're going to share them together. But I'm asking you, could we get more transparent with God? Because the more transparent we are, the more whole we'll become. And instead of taking communion in an unworthy manner, just say, God, there are some things I need to talk to you about. You see, many of us, the Bible says, live a sick life, even end life sooner than we should because we don't stay transparent. Don't stay honest with God. God is gracious, but He demands transparency. And this is an environment where every time we take communion, God wants us to come back and say, hey, I've got that attitude. Hey, I've given way to that area of my life, which I know is sinful. Hey, I've been through this and, you know, I, I can't really let others see that. You can let God see that. You can bring that to God and allow Him to take you to a new level. I love what Priscilla Shira writes just listen to this. Don't be distracted as you hold the emblems. You realize that God is the God of the right now. He doesn't want any of us sitting around regretting what we did yesterday. 
nor does He want us to be wringing our hands and worrying about what tomorrow may bring. He wants us to focus on what He is saying and putting in front of us right now. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.